0: The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. The following episode has been brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network. And is sponsored by... Deadly Grounds Coffee Three Two One And now you're tuned in to the Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment, sports, and all those topics for the mainstream
1: audience.
2: The Navarro Miller Report. Excellulario.
0: Welcome, everyone, and welcome to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. And
2: I'm Jeremy
3: Miller.
0: And we have special guest co-host, musical sensation, a rising star, Ashley Paul. Ashley, thank you so much, and we've met before, actually.
3: We have. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I'm
0: so happy to be here. <laughs> Great to have you here, and uh, I'm I'm I need to apologize ahead of time for you know Jeremy and. Um, everything he might say about me, all the lies he might tell about me. And-
2: You've already dealt with Dave
3: for a while
2: now. You've met him, so you know I speak the truth when I criticize him. So it's Oh,
0: whatever, okay? I know. <laughs> there,
3: there's just love. There's just love in this whole room right now. <laughs>
0: God. This you can is- call it that.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: I could call it a, a couple of other things. That
3: anyways, wanted to welcome
0: everybody on uh, on the stream here, and also on TikTok. Thank you so much for uh, being here on TikTok, everybody on here, uh, and as actually as. Uh, We usually have a habit of doing, uh, I subject Jeremy to uh, TikTok Blind Reacts because he refuses, refuses to get a TikTok, even though he has one, but he never puts anything on there. I'm, I'm telling him he needs to start doing like dances or something. I mean, he really, Jeremy, you really need to start doing dances.
3: What kind of dances? What kind of music do you like?
2: there is no dances i i like all music uh mainly jazz blues classic rock but i listen to everything except edm and techno and uh I okay. mean, practically everything else um great it's just doesn't dig with me but no i don't dance and he will never get me on tiktok he, whatever he, he convinced my fiance to start an account for me behind my back what and I still
0: That's a lie. So- That's a damnable lie. That is a damnable <laughs> lie. I didn't know such things. She already had you done that before. Liar. You liar. I- Whatever. Maybe. I'm-
3: well, maybe I mean you're saying you didn't do it, but maybe he was really just trying to encourage you to have some <laughs> interesting-
0: I love <laughs> Ashley. She's like the nice one here.
2: <laughs> she just keeps trying to dig you out of your hole. I don't like it.
0: Just trying to- oh my he god. <laughs> well, welcome everybody here uh, jc thank you so much uh jc saying uh congrats on 60 episodes dave navarro and jeremy muller thank, thank you. you very much uh uh jc we appreciate you the 60 episodes 60 times yeah, having to deal put, with you can you
3: believe i put up with you this long god 60 that's long really episodes. Well, that's a long time
0: I have put up with them even longer than that. So, <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you,
3: Ashley. There's also, yes,
0: Casey, I know there's an echo going on right now. It's a little bit of a, uh, you know, it's an echo that happens. What are you, you going to do? <laughs> it'll, it'll fix itself eventually. But anyways, as I was saying, uh, we do uh, have some blind reacts. This particular one has to, this first one, this first TikTok has to do with um, basically uh it's a TikTok challenge a lot of couples are doing right now. Uh, but this one, it was a successful disaster. But go ahead and check it out. Trust my wife. Okay, ready? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, it was successful. <laughs> I can say he's a fool for trusting his wife.
3: Uh. I mean, you know, it's kind of sexy. <laughs>
0: it's like, yeah, you, you like being smacked in the face, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You naughty boy.
3: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh, they're just trying to have fun
0: oh yeah oh yeah i'm getting smacked in the face that's always fun <laughs> they're
3: trying to spice it up they're trying to spice it up
0: oh this <laughs> let's see what our, what our comments are saying right now they're saying uh um uh, they're 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 oh well meg's saying florida woman and man <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say good one i like that <laughs> We always make fun of, just so, just so you know, Ashley, we always make fun of Florida man. Something's always going on with people in Florida. Uh, you're uh, from Florida. Yeah. So <laughs> she's, we have actually a Florida woman here, but not I the Florida if, woman.
3: <laughs> I don't know what it is about Florida, but people like just think nobody's watching when they live there. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a very good explanation.
0: <laughs> oh yeah pretty much now, you know, like, this,
3: no no, accountability kind of thing <laughs>
0: pretty much yeah for the most part yeah uh, this, this next one this next one has to do with uh, two guys that were trying to flee the police and one of them decided to turn Jackie Chan on him out of nowhere I, 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 Alex check it out <laughs> what the fuck you run away from the police, you, ain't, you doing gymnastics? nasty. Gee, help me. Help me, I'm gonna get caught. Go.
1: Come on. Go. <sighs>
2: get Open the damn gate
0: right
2: now. G, why you are
1: said easy way. I'm following You
3: boys. idiot, bro. Damn.
2: <laughs> that was a nice setup. I like that. I like
3: that. But like the door opened, what was the point of jumping in? Well, how
2: many times are we in such a you know such a hurry we don't even look at what's in front of us? That well, in,
0: in in their particular case, they were in a major hurry. <laughs> yeah, that's very
3: profound.
2: Oh, Meg, dude in the blue hoodie is me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you, know,
2: Meg, you gotta up I, your game
3: no you know what I don't know if I can tell a story but one time Oops. I'm not a jump I'm not a jump the fence kind of girl but I jumped a fence once and like it was my ex soon to be ex-in-law's house <laughs> and I, Okay, I, have I to have, don't remember like, like I had to get them to their house for something and I like I was just like and they had those pointy things at the top somehow I like avoided them and I got all the way in even the dog didn't yell at me and I like got what I needed and I left, but, like, <laughs> but they, they couldn't believe they're like, how did she jump our fence? It's like, such a random story, but I never, I was like thinking, like, I really did that. Anyway, we yeah.
0: were in all of that, the, the, the gymnastics of Ashley Hall.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes. It's all those dance lessons. All there the, you lessons. There, you
0: there, there you go. go, go there, there you go. There you go.
3: All the way up and went over in fact I did, I did a split on top and then i was able to get on
2: the other side. okay that's impressive because i have to admit for many reasons that are past uh, the statute of limitations i have met a few fences <laughs> myself and uh, a few times i got the jeans or the shorts caught on that little spike yes! thing. Yes! It, uh, it didn't go well.
0: Wedgie! <laughs> are you okay? Are
2: you okay? Did you hurt yourself? I
0: managed to be
2: okay, but it wasn't pleasant in the moment.
0: <laughs> so I can imagine sorry. you just saying, like, ah! oh, I'm just, you know, hanging around, you know? I mean, what are you going to do? Oh my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I do the cheese jokes. Yeah. I do the cheese I don't jokes. Know. Honestly, it's I one don't know of those things where. I I
2: wish we had had social media back then, because I guarantee one of my friends would have been filming it. And we would have gotten 100,000 views.
0: Oh, my God. That's awesome. Oh, Lord.
3: I don't know how I did it. But anyway, it was in Florida.
0: (laughs) There you go. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Um, So this, this last one, we always... Okay, so whenever there's like police across the street we always like the tea we always want to know what's going on we're always like nosy and stuff like that and we always want to know what's happening this guy was very very creative as to how he was trying to find out what was going on with his neighbor and the cops check it out all those people
2: and then there's just this motherfucker (laughs) I like, it. I like it, it's creative.
3: I like I like the washing of the cars very zen, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. I think had a
2: friend when I lived in East LA that his parents, whenever the cops would be in the neighborhood, um, would go out and mow the lawn when it was near <laughs> so that they could keep an eye on, on what was happening. So I like that. That's creative. It's
3: kind of like a just dist- it's a distraction, right? <laughs> So 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 in our
0: stream, Meg is saying honest to my mom would do that.
2: <laughs> Meg I still haven't met you. We've only talked and I believe you completely.
0: <laughs> well, Meg is also a Florida, a Florida woman too. So she's, oh, okay. she's as well. She's in Tallahassee. So Oh, yeah.
3: okay. That's cool.
0: Yeah. So, but those are those are our TikTok blind reacts. Nice. Uh yeah, those, those are bad, you know, I mean, they were they were pretty tame for the most part, <laughs> you know, for, at least for for the taste of, of what's going on and everything. So I
3: think, I think those were pretty tame compared to what we could have
0: found. Oh, trust oh, me. Yeah. Oh, trust me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, trust me. We could have found so much more. Um, but in talking about weird and outlandish news. So a, a company, obviously, I don't know if you guys are aware of the this company called I guess they're called Ring. And. Um, ring they they specialize in doing like doorbells like with the little ring camera on it or whatever so whenever somebody like you know presses the button uh they they can see what's going on well with this talk of aliens you know obviously we know what there's aliens among us and you know government saying we are not alone and this other stuff they are actually offering people one million dollars a one million dollar prize for those who record alien activity on their ring device uh the caption reads this from at puberty on instagram it says ring has announced their quote million dollar search for extraterrestrials competition where they encourage users to film an extraterrestrial sighting with their ring device Device. The company announced Wednesday, the contest open o- open only to Americans at least 18 years old is to capture, quote, unaltered scientific evidence of a real extraterrestrial life form with a ring device. One winner will receive the grand prize of $1 million awarded with $50,000 payments a year for two decades, the company said. Um, yeah, they're not going to pay that ever. <laughs> <laughs> never.
3: Never. I
0: mean, I, I mean... We've I, I
3: Jeremy...
2: had this argument for a very long time. I mean,
3: how could that even... That's That just sounds... Yeah, that's like false advertising.
2: Well, here's the deal. I, I personally have always believed that we are not alone in this universe. I think Absolutely. you have to be pretty arrogant to believe that we are the only intelligent life in a universe so vast mm-hmm. but i also believe that they have no interest in us i believe if they even come near this planet all we are is their reality trash show chris what's titus a- the comedian said it best he said literally they show up every so often and go you won't believe what's happening on space monkeys 2023 or earth Monkeys 2023.' <laughs> you know we are their reality trash television. There's totally like, why would they, why yeah, would they want so to come communicate with us?
3: Right, that's I do, I do feel that the people out there are way beyond us, way it's, beyond that's, us.
2: That's how I feel. And on top I, of that, I think so. You look, and, at, you look at a company like Ring, who you know is putting this out there the fact is everybody's basing this on the government saying that there have been confirmed UFO sightings. Okay. I'm sorry. Let's dial this back a moment no one has ever said that there were actual landings or actual aliens the release was there has been confirmed ufo sightings ufo only means unidentified flying objects it does not mean space people it does not mean space creatures it does not mean spaceships it's something they couldn't identify it could have been one in a million things that we've seen a thousand times before so again we need to slow our roll on this, you know, aliens but are among us and they've been here forever. And, you know,
3: that's not I think what they've said. People need to create like a humanistic attribute mm-hmm. to the whole scenario so they can process it. So I think that's where the whole alien person comes from, you know, because if, if we just see something in the air and we don't think that there's somebody coming out to greet us or, you know, there's like a higher power benefit to it or a knowledge benefit to it. We can't process it. It's too scary.
0: Yeah, (laughs) no, that's that's true. And then then we got, uh, we got, uh, uh, Carrie just uh, said uh, they're going to sell a ton of those to trolls who want to flood them with made up videos though. Ninja marketing. I mean, that's true. That is, that is a good way to do it. Like they, they, I mean, I would laugh if somebody actually got the million dollars, you know, <laughs> out of nowhere, and I'm like, really, really, you guys gonna do that? I don't, see, I don't that?
3: see it either. I don't see Me it either.
0: I mean, yeah. you, I mean, you know, I, I know people would probably pay, you know, two dollars to see Jeremy's, you know, to see your anus. <laughs> Anyone I've
2: had bigger offers than that?
0: <laughs> I don't even want to know. I don't, I don't even want to know what big offers <laughs> you had. It's,
2: it's usually. Uh, gay men in their 70s back in you know but <laughs> hey i've been offered more so
0: <laughs> oh my god no These Sorry, are just... you
2: open the door i, I just watched I, I i didn't open
0: any door not the back door not the front door i didn't open any door okay <laughs> nobody's,
3: nobody's opening opened. doors nobody's opening any doors right now
0: You had to say the word. You had to say the word. (laughs) On that note, we'll be right back, everybody, after these commercials. We got some cool stuff to talk about in entertainment news, including David Beckham calling out his wife. We'll tell you what she said and why he called her out right after this.
2: Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Rounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork deadly grounds coffee coffee to die for and zombie approved it's good to get a little deadly use the front door oh they're so
3: disgusting
0: we're back and uh jeremy decided that he got the zombies got too scary for him so he had to like step away for a second um
3: (laughs) to talk about was it to talk about the door the back door
0: no no, i don't know what he was talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we got uh some more uh some more entertainment news did, did, the, did the zombie scare you jeremy was that what it was
2: i had stepfather issues sorry had to go take care of my uh my stepdad the one i like mind
0: you i i thought it was the i thought it was the zombies that scared you you know i mean it is halloween season after all
2: you know me if zombies show up we're gonna be having a beer
0: nice (laughs) nice you would do something like that you're a weird weird man man let me tell you that's why, but that's why, that's why I tolerate you. That's why you're a part. That's why it's called the Navarro Miller report because of that. You know, anyways, we got some entertainment news. Uh, David Beckham calls out his wife, Victoria posh Beckham. Uh, obviously there's a new Netflix, uh, 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 reality docuseries or whatever you want to call it out right now. Uh, pretty much talking about Victoria, uh, the Beckhams, you know, for, for lack of anything else, uh, stuff they've gone through and everything. And in the, the first episode of the series, uh, Uh, they're interviewing uh victoria and she went ahead you know and they were just pretty much trying to like uh, she was trying to explain uh what their backgrounds were and uh she went ahead and said that you know their backgrounds come from like you know uh the working class and this uh, this that and the other um david decided to go ahead and interject on that and said um uh, well, actually, she she went said, said, I think also we both come from families that work really hard. Both of our parents work very hard. Uh, we're very working class. That's when David pops his head in, and he said, be honest. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I am being honest. Uh, and David replies, what car did your dri- dad drive uh, you to school in? And she kept on trying. I think we lost Ashley here. <laughs> there we go.
3: There we go. I don't know what there happened. We go. Hey, <laughs> Ashley. There she is. I
0: heard is. Everything like, you were saying. I don't
3: know what happened. Okay. To the screen.
0: All right. Cool. So, so yeah. So basically, you know, they're going back and forth, and she's like, and, and and she's like, she's like, well, you know, we were trying. She was trying to cover it up, and Dave was like, tell them what car did your dry, dad drive? <laughs> and she's like, my father drove a Rolls Royce. Thank you. And he just popped away after that. <laughs> It's like, I don't know what her definition of working class is. Per se, oh but that I know, my dad was a part of the working class, and he never drove. I mean, a Rolls Royce, like ever, in the eighties.
2: My father was as blue class as they come. I mean, he was a shop foreman for a air conditioning and ducking company. He worked sheet metal his whole life oh. in a factory. In the whole thing, that is as blue collar as you get. Driving a Rolls Royce is not blue collar. I'm sorry.
3: Definitely <laughs> not. Okay, so so my dad sold insurance. Dory there you Dory, go. and he drove an old, oversized blue Cadillac with an eight-track tape deck in nice, it, that played, it that played that um, played "Rhinestone Cowboy."
0: Nice, <laughs> nice.
3: It's it's it's
0: like, and then in the comments. People uh because I've seen some of the comments on on Instagram and on social media, and some people are saying, well, maybe they were trying to defend her by saying, Well, maybe she meant that, you know, I mean, if, like working as that her dad worked to get to where they're at and this and the other. And I'm like, oh, that's maybe. still not but I mean, that's still not working class. I'm sorry. You know, she's trying to no. say that and it's like, you know what? You're if your dad's driving a Rolls Royce. Then that's already money that came in. That's, that's
3: already money. In work, the work, working
0: class is like what your dad was doing, Ashley, what your dad is doing, or mm-hmm. uh, what your dad did, Jeremy. That's working class. Those are like right. people like that are nine are, to fibers. Let me tell working you.
3: For your money, you need to now, work for your paycheck. You exactly. need to, work to pay your rent, your mortgage, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Now, I have a friend um Dave you know him my buddy Brad who's in our fantasy football league um his father was as working as blue collar working class as you can get but he was working class in an area that was extremely profitable okay so he led a silver spoon life he i mean what you, what most people would consider because Wait. his father was able to translate that into large dollars but still he wasn't driving a Rolls Royce. You right. understand? I mean, his, I mean, that's his a, that's a ideal league. was that's a, a you know a BMW or a, you know maybe a Mercedes. But again, it was a man who he was in uh, contracting and construction and basically built half the houses in the Hollywood Hills. So it was a, a very profitable blue collar gig. But again, a blue collar worker who did well but still was not driving a freaking Rolls-royce okay so
3: you know what driving a Rolls- royce is a big leap because it that's is. that's an expensive car
2: yeah you I don't care what year where you got it what you right. you dropped uh, two hundred thousand dollars minimum on that car so
3: you know what the insurance could be on that car oh my sorry goodness. I'm getting into cars. oh
2: my goodness yeah
0: <laughs> yeah suffice so it to say I mean Victoria I mean her freaking nickname was posh.
2: Yep. Come right. on,
0: you know, that's, do. right. you don't get that nickname when you're working class. What, you're working class posh? I mean, what <laughs> the, what's the matter with you?
1: you know,
0: like, I mean, it's just, you know what? You've got to give David Beckham props for bringing his wife back down to reality. I mean, the guy, I mean, I don't know if many of many people know David Beckham's family background, but they actually did come. Uh, they're, they're, From what I heard, from what I understand, David Beckham's family were working class. Uh, they work really hard to get David to the education and to get bring him up the way he did. So he comes from a very humble background, but that was even more, you know, humble for him to bring her down and be like, hey, don't put yourself in that position, please. That's not, you're not, no, 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 no. If no, your I dad got, is driving a Rolls Royce voice in the 80s, guess what? You're not working class, okay? Oh my God. And I got a lot of
2: respect for him for doing that. You know, he wasn't putting his wife down or anything else, but he was making a distinction. And I'm sure people who live a working class life, you know, are are very appreciative of that. I mean, I I know I, I would be, and that is something that I would love to hear a superstar, a billionaire, you know, actually talk about. So I'm sure their fans were appreciative in hearing him make that distinction.
0: Very much so.
3: I think it's nice when somebody is authentic.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
2: You right. know,
3: it, it makes you feel related or it, it's relatable, you know, when when you're authentic, I feel like that's really the heart.
0: Oh, yeah. 100%. And he definitely went ahead and showed that he's authentic because he's like, no, right. I'm not going to I'm not. He's like, I'm not going to allow you to try to BS the public to make yourself look like a good public, like make it right. all good PR. No, no, no. I'm not gonna like, we're gonna be honest about this shit. We're gonna be take it like, we're gonna be 100% honest about this. So let's just, I mean, props to David Beckham for doing that. So, uh, in other entertainment news, as we all know, uh, the alleged murderer of Tupac Shakur, uh, Keith, uh, Keith, uh, D, uh, oh, God, I'm like, his name is, uh, it's, uh, oh, uh, uh, uh What's the, Jeremy? It's it's gonna keep D Davis, Dwayne. Keep D Davis. Thank you, God. It's gonna like I, I was not
2: gonna bail you out. I was enjoying <laughs> watching you structure
0: <stronger laughs> yeah, because you didn't know either. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Actually,
2: I have it right here on my phone. I just
0: and you were just making me took- like you were just making me have like a brain aneurysm right now. It's oh. been that kind of day. It's been that kind of day. <laughs> and Jeremy's oh, yeah. just like, Jeremy's just like piling on and we're like Come on, oh, come don't on. start
2: with me. You want to compare weeks.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> I just had, a. I said, I've had a bad day, not a bad week. All right. So, um, but yeah, so, so the alleged, uh, you know, uh murder of Tupac Shakur, Dwayne Keith e. Davis was arrested a couple weeks ago. Uh, but there's just so many, so many, so much stuff going on with this story. So many people, I mean, he's admitting or, or the police, Las Vegas police pretty much are saying that he was the one that, you know, everything kind of just went to him. Uh, as many of you may or may not know uh D was actually it was a gang-related incident uh tupac apparently had shoved uh, or got into an altercation with his with his nephew i believe it was and uh, his nephew went to him told him you know what tupac did this that and the other uh according to what uh, sources say you know he got into a car went uh, down to the strip looking for tupac found him shot him boom you know, that's pretty much what the what the story uh, – that's allegedly what the story was all about. But there's other people that are saying – there's other stories, other conspiracies that are going on. Right now, uh, Shook Knight is saying that the cops got the wrong guy, that he still believes that the one that shot him was actually, in fact, Keithy's nephew who passed away a few years ago. He's saying that he's the one that did it, not, not this gentleman. Uh, and then there's an even bigger conspiracy going on right now that basically saying that uh that mace hints at diddy alleged relationship with tupac murderer keith d so they're saying that I've heard this story, too, that Puff Daddy also had something to do with that, too, because obviously we all know that uh, that Biggie Smalls was having issues with uh, the notorious B.I.G. Uh, and so there's there was there was uh, there's an uh, there's a uh, conspiracy theory saying that Diddy had something to do with that, too, with uh, with Tupac's murder. There's also conspiracy theories alleging that Diddy had Biggie Smalls murder too. There's just so many everywhere. People are coming up with ideas and theories all over the place. Uh, Jeremy, I'm gonna go to you on this one because you're like smiling, shaking your head. What What's your thoughts on this story right now?
2: This is the kind of story we're never gonna know the complete truth about. That's even if this guy was to claim, even if he was to now admit that, oh yes, it was me. There's no way we know this kind of stuff for sure. In, in the gang community, in this, in this kind of community, it's all about your props. It's all about your rep. It's all about, you know, who you've taken down and all that kind of stuff. So it's, you're never going to know. This guy could have been all bluster for the last 20 years just spewing bullshit about how, oh, yeah, I did this. It, it's possible. We don't know who killed Tupac, and we probably never will know for sure who killed Tupac. You know, uh, Suge is saying that it wasn't him. Suge would never help the cops in the first place. He wouldn't identify who it was in the first place. That is kind of a code of gangbanging and so on and so forth. You know, your guys handle it. You don't help the cops handle it. So, again, we would never know what's really going on. So is this guy going to go to prison for it? It's very possible. Does it mean he did it? No, it doesn't. We will never know for sure who it was.
0: Well, Las Vegas seemed pretty sure that it was him.
2: Well, Vegas is basing it. The cops are basing it on the fact that he has told so many people that he did it. I mean, that's a big part of their case is that Mm -hmm. for 20 years, he's been bragging that he did it. Well, and I'm sure there have been a lot of gangbangers who were claiming that they did it for a rep, for status, for whatever. So they don't have a smoking gun, they don't have fingerprints, they don't have weapons, they don't have somebody testifying that he did it, they don't have an eyewitness account, so you tell me how they're so sure it's him. All they're going off of is conjecture at this point, and the fact that this guy mouthed off for 20 years about, oh yeah, I'm the one who killed him.
0: So, if they, okay, so let me ask you this. So if they don't if they don't have anything on them, why even arrest them? Why even hold them? I mean, if they don't have anything yeah, on them, they can't hold them.
2: Well again, they have they have lots of people saying he's the one who did it. They have him admitting he's the one who did it. If you say you killed someone, well, you've given prosecutors and police testimony that you that's did true. it. But that doesn't mean that he did it in this culture, who you took down, who you killed, who you shot, who you went after is how you gain your rep, how you gain your status in the gang community. That's how you build rep. That's how you go from being a worker to an OG. You know, I have many friends who lived this life. I've been around it. I've seen it. I've talked about, to you know, so you don't know. It's, it's braggadocia and, and, and arrogance over something like this. It doesn't mean it happened, but it's enough for prosecutors and law enforcement to say, we have testimony, we have him saying it, we have the killer admitting he did it. That's enough in court. But does that mean he really did it? No. I mean,
3: I guess <laughs> the prosecutors want to close the case.
2: And why wouldn't you? I mean, it it adds to you, if you close the case, a big case like this, that's on their reputation now. They're now known as the person who put Tupac's killer away. Of course, they're going to want to do that. It ups their rep. So,
3: yeah.
2: I don't know. I just think it's one of those things we're never really going to know the truth.
0: Ashley, what are your your thoughts on this whole mess? I
3: mean, I, I would like to see the real killer go to justice. You know, get I would I would like to see him get punished and have justice for him. But for Tupac, but it feels like we're never going to know, doesn't it? Yep. I
0: because mean because that's that's because pretty much we're that's never going to know
3: for sure and and that really bothers me and you know for somebody to feel that they need to brag, to say they did something if they didn't really do it, that's that's just horrible.
0: That's a little sick to be honest. I, would, I
2: mean I would,
3: Say sick, but I didn't know if it was okay to say that on, on the air. Well, but I mean, yes. think
2: about it though. That's it's it, very the sick. whole the but, I mean, that, whole that's status. in itself,
3: to mm-hmm. be honest.
2: No, it is. Like, and the, but you know, the whole status of you know, gangbanging is who no, you take down. It, I, I, not, I don't
3: even like, I don't even have a gun. I don't like guns. I mean, the whole thing, not mm-hmm. to get political, but it's like I'm so against guns.
0: Ah, political <laughs> politics! No, get away from me! Get no. on my show! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Was that bad that I. Said that? Do you guys remember Pee Wee Herman? The the magic word, like you know, it's like all oh, politics. We all start screaming. <laughs> but no, but you know, guns, weapons frighten me. I'm a very I'm a pacifist, you know. So so So
3: when we talk about this, it's, it it gives me sadness, you know, and I. I I I just hope he's resting in peace, you know. Regardless of the crazy crap, excuse
0: me, that's going on down here on it on Earth, you know. Yeah, no, I I mean, and and right now, like like you said, Jeremy, you're right about that. The fact of the matter that it could be for cred, you know. That's all. That's all it is. Just street cred. But just um,
2: it happens a lot. It's a possibility. That's my point. Is I mean,
0: that- especially I if, especially if it was his nephew. Like if it was his nephew that that did it and maybe somebody wants to retaliate or whatever, people might look at him and be like, Oh damn, this is you know, this guy's like did this, you know, it's like, uh, we gotta respect this guy, you know, we we can't touch this guy, you know, I mean, and and it was a gang thing. It was it was a gang hit. That's all it was. So I mean, you know, there's also rumors too that he's afraid to go to prison because he's afraid that he's gonna get unalived in prison as well for, for doing it. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very quickly. Very, very quickly. So that's another reason why he's he's a little nervous about that. And, um, and who can blame him?
2: Here's the hard part about that, too, is, you know, he has the opportunity, if he gets convicted and goes to prison, of going PC, protective custody. But then he loses all his rep cred, you know. Gangbangers, hardcore, here you know, tough guys, they don't go to protective custody. They don't beg for protection from the guards in the prison. So that's a tough situation for him to be in.
0: No, no doubt, no doubt. But I guess... Uh... We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see who comes forward. We'll see if uh, maybe the truth comes out. We'll see what happens in other entertainment news. As we all know, the writer's guild of America strike has ended. It ended a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I actually wanted to get, I mean, Jeremy, you're part of SAG. You were not oh, very I hope happy. And, and, and Ashley's also a uh, part of SAG from what I understand as well. Uh, and Jeremy, I know that you are not happy with with uh, the WGA really ending the strike, I mean, you are not too content about it, uh, you know, for what's going to happen with SAG. I mean, what, what, in your opinion, what is going to happen, you know, with SAG now, like after this whole thing is done?
2: Well, let me clarify. Uh, I am very happy that the writers got what they wanted because they did. They got a lot of concessions um, from the AMPT. I can never remember the, you know, the letters for that. Yeah. But- <laughs> They they got basically what they wanted. They got protections against AI. They got all this different stuff, which is great. I have a lot of friends who are writers. I'm glad that their union was able to fight and get what they, they needed from them. But it leaves the The actors in a bit of a position. Um, we've lost some of our negotiating power because we don't have this other guild that is such a crucial part of entertainment um, standing alongside us. They're now back to work and now it's just the actors. And to me, this uh, smacks of a bit of strategy from the producers and from the big production companies, the big production houses, um, you know, it's a divide and conquer type of a thing in that they gave them most of what they wanted. I mean, they really did. They capitulated on most of the big issues to give the Writers Guild what they wanted, but they're holding the hard line with the actors at the moment because they know they now have more leverage. So it just puts the actors in a tougher position. Um, But I am really glad that the writers were able to get what they needed from this. So i don't want to make it sound like i'm i'm pissed off they accepted they should accept i mean they got everything they were asking for practically but it has left us in a bit of a position because now we're standing alone
0: no i agree and uh, ashley you're also sag i mean what are your thoughts on on the wga uh you know uh, pretty much you know their strike ending, but sag is still going well,
3: i mean i i feel like First of all, I have to say, like, I just want everybody to be able to go back to work. That's like a big deal. You know, that's that's really hard, Um, you know, not to be able to work because it kind of trickles down so many layers of the industry, you know, um, of people who aren't working. So um, but I feel like, you know, the, the writers need to get what they need to get, you know, and I feel like the actors can stand strong together. You know, that's how I feel. And so I I feel like I'm not thrilled, but I think, like, we're working towards a good goal. That's how I think.
0: No, absolutely. And, I mean, to be honest, it's just, I don't know, it, it feels a little unfair. It feels just a little bit unfair simply because when the WGA went on strike, SAG was immediately there on the line with them, supporting them, backing them, going on strike with them. And now WGA is gone. And now it it doesn't seem like, I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like the same support is reciprocated.
2: Well, let me say that SAG did not just go on strike to support them. It was not a fully unselfish move. They had a lot of issues that they had With Like I said, AI, with streaming revenue, with everything else that are the main focuses of this. And it was the right time for them to, you know, go on strike and to do this. So it wasn't just like the actors said, oh, well, the writers are going on strike, we're going to support them. That didn't happen. So, I mean, let me just say that right now. That's not how it went down. The SAG waited almost a month before they went on strike, and it was more because of the issues the actors are having and that they needed rectified rather than just support. It was more of a, in my opinion, it was more of a um, good timing kind of a thing that they went on strike, and we had things we needed to do, and it was like, let's support them, let's do it, and get what we need as well. So it wasn't a completely magnanimous act.
0: Okay, well, I mean, it, it almost feels like they piggybacked then.
2: Uh, maybe a bit. I, I think they did. I mean, it was in support, but it was, it was a, a, the right time to do it in that the writers were already striking. We could show support for them and at the same time fight for the, the guarantees and the, the protections that the Actors Guild needs at this point.
0: My right. question, my my question is, now, how long is it going to take for SAG to finally sit down and negotiate and have this thing done? I mean, you know, like WGA, they're they're pretty much done. They're, I mean, they're writers, so they're going to be writing stuff, but without actors, really? they got nothing. <laughs> well,
2: they, they don't. But at the same time it allows the people who are working on the late night shows, the talk shows, the game shows, all those different things that don't require the actors, but still need writers. It allows the <laughs> them to get back to work, which is a responsibility the writers guild has to get their people back to work as possible. So, you know, it is what it is. It's not great. It leaves SAG in a, in a, in a tough position, but I'm, I'm like I said, I'm just I'm really happy that the Writers Guild got what they needed.
0: I have I have noticed one thing that I've seen a lot of actors uh, do red carpets again. Isn't that against SAG, you know, rules like like no. Anne Hathaway, for example, you know, I mean, what's going on with that?
2: You cannot do a red carpet to promote your own film or current projects but you can walk a red carpet and do interviews and everything else as long as it is not in promotion of one of your current films.
0: And what about talk shows? I mean, like the talk shows are back on, are actors allowed to go on the talk shows and be interviewed?
2: You are, but again, you cannot discuss current projects, even past projects, as long as they are SAG projects. That is off-limits. So there's still a little wiggle. If they want to interview about your life, about what's going on, those things are still okay. There's some wiggle room that is allowed on some of this.
0: Okay, okay. That's why I was like, I wasn't understanding too much. I was like, why is Anne Hathaway on the red carpet? I thought they weren't allowed. I mean, it just wasn't...
2: It's kind of like the autograph signings, you know, the conventions and things like that. We are not allowed to do that in a certain way. Um, it was Fran Drescher, the president of the SAG at the moment, had issued a kind of guidelines as to what we are allowed to do and what we aren't. I have done the, you know, autograph convention for a while. I really enjoy it. I like getting to go meet the fans and talk with everybody. Um, it's it's fun. You got fans? But, Yes, they still exist. It's amazing. That they do. Um, in fact, that's why we have viewers, Dick. Uh, <laughs> but right. The fact is, I can still do signings. What I cannot do is mm-hmm. sign and sell pictures that are from growing paints from a SAG project. I can, I can sell headshots. I can sell anything that isn't related directly to growing pains. So there again is still wiggle room. It's not a, it's not a death blow. You can't do any of this stuff. It just can't be related to SAG projects that are going on now or SAG projects that you did in the past.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, we got uh, some people in the, the chat. Well, first of all, Danny wants to say, uh, nice to meet you, Ashley, by the way. Uh Danny, Danny's saying that right now. Uh, JC uh, is uh, had a lot to say, actually. He said, Jeremy Miller, does this mean, for example, if a show wanted to talk about your book, you would be able to do that, just not talk about like Pains or the movie version of the book that's in the works?
2: Correct. Um, I could discuss the fact that we are doing a screenplay as we speak for the book, um, things like that. But I could not actually discuss it if it was a project in the works, um, if we were moving into production or filming. And no, I can't go on and be interviewed about Growing Pains or anything beforehand. But again, yes, I could discuss the book we wrote. I could discuss my life, my recovery, all those type of things. And if I am coming on, I could even come on a reality type show at the moment as long as I am myself I could do a paying gig on TV on a movie as long as it is a reality type thing where I am myself I'm not playing a character so again there's a little wiggle room in a lot of ways here
0: gotcha gotcha uh we also have uh uh David is uh saying uh hi Jeremy greetings from Phoenix
2: Hey David, how you doing? Hope you're not melting out there.
0: <laughs> and uh, Michael, he's one of your fans. Uh, Michael,
2: my friend from Malta. How you yeah. doing, buddy? I appreciate
0: it. He is Jeremy's big fan. Michael, you don't have to lie. It's okay. We 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 don't. We, not many of us are Jeremy's fans. Talk. Okay. <laughs> don't
2: press Michael on that. Mike's one of my biggest fans, man. He's an awesome <laughs>
0: guy. <laughs> oh man well i mean you know as it stands we'll go ahead and uh i mean we're still going to be like covering this until the strike is over because this is a hot topic right now uh you know the the justice for a lot of these actors and it's not even like you said before Jeremy. it's not about the a-list celebrities or anything like that that have already like are established this is more about the 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 actors that are still rising that are still trying to get there uh actors that you know i haven't really done anything in a while Uh, background actors, you know, et cetera. You know, I mean, these are for them. This is mainly, the the strike is mainly for them.
2: Well, it is. And the truth is, I mean, given there are some aspects that are for everybody. I mean, this AI thing is is definitely for everybody, even the A-listers. Because again, A-listers don't always remain A-listers forever. They're, I mean, I've told you, I know guys who have won Academy Awards who can't get jobs right now. Um, You know, even before the strike. So the AI stuff, all of that, that affects everybody. It really does. Everybody in the industry.
0: So Most definitely. and
2: This is really critical. But again, as Ashley said, this is affecting everybody down the line. The trickle effect down. My friends who are makeup artists, who are hairstylists, yeah. my yeah, friends who are cameramen.
3: I've talked to some of my friends who are in that part of the industry too, and they're having a really hard time.
2: Oh, they're struggling. I have friends who are losing their homes at the moment. I mean, it's yes. it's it's bad. It's terrible.
0: Uh, it's a it's a tough time right now. Uh, real quick uh, on TikTok, Marcelo Bailey, how you doing, buddy? He's out in the care in in the Caribbean Islands in the freaking para- he's out in paradise. Uh, <laughs> Marcelo, nice to have you well, on. Marcelo, the we all hate
2: thing. you, but thank you for listening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <We're> right. <laughs> we hate the fact that you're in paradise and we're not. God but, bless you. I love it. No, that's awesome uh and uh so yeah so i mean i guess we'll just we'll just have to wait and see what happens with the strike and hopefully it'll be over soon people could get back to work uh you know jeremy you could get back to like doing what you love which is meeting your fans you know all that one person um you know oh,
2: yeah, and I, I got three projects just on hold that i mean i was supposed <sighs> to be filming i've told you this i, that's I was love. supposed to be filming from july to the end of october three different films and you know they're all on hold again and i'm just sitting here twiddling my thumbs so
3: i get i, I, get I am
2: dying for this really getting. hard
3: that's so no, hard
0: no doubt no doubt and i mean well ashley you don't have to worry about that you know i mean you're in the music industry but and I, it,
3: I was thinking like you know i'm starting i'm just about to release a new song and i was thinking gosh what if someone told me that we were striking for good reason but i had to put it on hold or the collaboration I'm doing in two weeks, I have to put that on hold and I'll, you know, or the other project, you know I'm saying, or my music is supposed to go into like somebody's project and it can't go, you know, it's, it's frustrating as an artist. You know? Well,
0: well, in chatting about in chatting about you and your music and everything, uh, I wanted to go ahead and uh, switch uh, switch lanes here for a second, and uh, just you know, like have our our listeners uh, know a little bit about you. I mean, obviously, you're you're a rising star. Uh, you have a lot of fans. You've done a lot of music and everything. Uh, you know, it's it's it's. You said that you're doing a lot of, uh, of collaborations. What collaborations are you doing right now?
3: So I did a collaboration with um, Melissa Manchester, which we wrote a song together called "Whisper Surrender," and um, that'll be out, I guess, in a couple months. Um, we wrote it's kind of a cool song. And then I did a collaboration with um, Richie Neville, who's in uh, the UK. He's in a, he was in a boys band. A, well, still, it's called Five. They're like really hot in the UK, and so he and i wrote together and we wrote a song called bingo baby which was kind of a crazy it's a crazy sexy dance song it's 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 inspirational in the sense because most of my music i write from my heart from my need to to share with other people collectively to find the silver linings that's how i would say to never give up you know and I like that because that makes me feel good. You know, I don't want to sing and perform a sad song. I got to tell you the truth. I don't want to perform a sad love song about a broken heart. (laughs) You know, even if I felt it, I don't want to go there. I just want to be in that happy moment. So uh, anyway, so we wrote this song and it's coming out on the 20th on all download on all DSPs. It'll be there. And it's called Bingo Bingo Baby. It's, It's really cute. And then what else, what else? Oh, I have a song coming out called Ribbons that I did with Damon Sharp. Damon Sharp's a great producer, writer. We wrote it together. It, he writes with J Lo and Ariana. I know Hauser. the name,
2: yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. He's he's an amazing guy. And we the song ribbons is so cute because I, I actually had this inspiration from a Barbra Streisand film with where there's a character in it named Irene Malloy. It was Irene Malloy's hat shop. And Irene Malloy used to wrap her, her ribbons around her hats and make them for people and she but but then like I always wanted to sing her song I'll be wearing ribbons down my back but make it a disco song you know oh cool and, and so but they're like no 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 so I'm like okay I'll use it for inspiration so I use it for inspiration and David and I got together and I was like I think of Irene Malloy as a character you know in the hat shop what does she really do with those ribbons you know <laughs> and I was I was like she, and she's single, and Barbara Streisand's like a matchmaker in the movie, remember? Little uh, mm-hmm. Dolly, she's setting her up, you know, with um, Horace Van de Gelder, that, like a date, you know? And so I'm like, she really has all these different men in different parts of the Hatch Up. Sorry if this is a little R-rated. And, um, yeah, she's, she's having fantasy. So I started to put ribbons and a disco together, and I thought, wrap me up in ribbons. Wrap me up in ribbons, all the colors. Mm of the night. There's no limit bound together in the night. And so it was, it was kind of like, that was kind of like the idea. Sorry, I get like a little No, no nope, so love it. It, it. Anyway, so that's a song that we just wrote. We just remixed it. We have like six remixes on it. Which it's good. It's, I'm so excited. I'm really excited about that one. So that'll be out in probably jan- like January. Bingo Baby Now, then the Melissa song, then Ribbons, And then another song I wrote also called Shine uh, with a freestyle artist named Karina. And it's it's kind of about how you feel the minute you fall in love. It's called, um, yeah, it's called Shine. I still do. But um, I was trying to capture like the the essence of the feeling you had that minute, not like pre-love or or post-love, but like that second, you know, and oh, and then it's other song. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> she's got she's okay. got a bunch of songs. Because like oh, listen, like like you, you and your projects, right? Like with with your scripts. So like each song to me is like it's like an opera. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Yeah. I have an inspiration that comes from within, a story in my mind. And then I go to my producer, Gemini, who does the most amazing dance tracks. He he does dance. He did a few dance tracks for Justin Bieber. Like, he does amazing dance tracks. So he and I, I learned so much from him. Like, now I do the dance tracks, like, with him. And, like, we sit there at the, I call it the disco board. And we come up with ideas. And so, um, yeah, so I, I went to them. and then And then it, it goes from them. And then you layer it. So it's like you have the you have the disco board and then you have the lyrics and then you have the melody and you kind of put it all together. That's what's so great about, I love about dance pop music. It's like, it's like a whole, pro, you know, production, you
0: know? Oh no, oh no, oh no, for sure. Dance music is, is amazing. And I, I'm curious, uh, you know, but before, before we, uh, before we let you go here, uh, Ashley, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, uh, do you have any concerts that are coming up soon?
3: Oh, Thank you for asking. Actually, tomorrow morning, three a.m., four thirty. I'm heading to Mexico City. I am performing at the Pepsi Arena. I thought
0: you were performing at three a.m. I was like, "Wow, that's like no, a no, crazy no." Show. I'm, gonna
3: be, I'm gonna get up at four and be at LAX by five. So I'm gonna get um, on a plane, go to Mexico City, and okay. yeah, we have a show at the Pepsi Arena. I'm opening and performing with um, Remember Ace to Base.
0: Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah.
3: So I'm performing, I'm opening for them, and then. Mad stunt man, Shannon, Karina, a whole bunch of people. So I'm really excited about that. And yeah, so I'm very focused on that for tomorrow. So
0: nice, nice. Okay. So how can people stalk you on social media?
3: Well, Hmm. Okay. You can go to official Ashley Paul at Instagram.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Or, so
3: or if you want to, you could go to uh, um, my Facebook page is Ashley Paul Musician okay and then I have a new placeholder for my website if you just want to check up on everything going on with me it's called ashpalmusic.com
0: nice nice well Ashley thank you so much for being on our uh podcast I mean hopefully uh we didn't bore you at all hopefully no, we made for you hopefully we'll have you hopefully we'll have you on here again very soon
3: thank you for having me and it's so thank great you, to Ash. meet you and nice <laughs>
0: Bingo, baby. <laughs> we'll see you very soon. Coming up next in sports, we lost legend in sports this week. We'll go ahead and give you more details on that right after this.
1: Listening to stuff has never been so enjoyable. If you had the misfortune to have been born after 1990, then you missed out on a lot of cool stuff. Then Is Now podcast is here to remedy that. Join Rigor and his dedicated band of rotating hosts as they tackle pop culture of the past and how it relates today. From celebrity interviews to film and TV discussion and beyond, Then Is Now Podcast brings you up to speed on all the cool stuff that you should know about. Plus, the The East East meets meets the the West. If you enjoy movies that have lots of shooting and fighting, then there's a whole world of films out there that you don't even know about. Join our hosts on a journey as they discuss the amazing Kung Fu films of The Shaw Brothers and Western films made in Italy that have become known as Spaghetti Western action adventure kung fu fighting both shows and more can be found at havenpodcasts.com warning may cause nostalgic feelings and eliminate boredom so, so
0: on on my TikTok, got Marcelo saying, "I love this." <laughs> he loves the commercial, so it's like well, It's a cool commercial, I gotta say.
2: <laughs> it, they're some of my favorites, I gotta say. And I have actually checked out both of those podcasts, and I really like them.
0: Nice, nice, dude. Well, it was great having Ashley on the show, man. She's uh, she's a stand up uh, uh, person. Uh, her music is really awesome. So, you guys make sure you check her out on Spotify. You know, Jeremy, thank you so much for not embarrassing me too much yeah i'll
2: get better at it next time damn
0: it damn it um with some sad news this week actually in the nfl we uh we lost legendary player and hall of famer dick butkus passed away today or passed away this week i should say at the age of 80. um he was actually mourned by he was an incredible player in chicago and he was actually mourned by uh former president obama actually mourn him as well uh this is uh, this is a huge loss for the nfl community uh the guy i mean dude you heard stories about butkus
2: dick butkus was the most feared player of all time in the nfl i mean there are stories about guys just basically crying about having to play him and go against him um one legendary coach said every time he tackled you he was trying to put you in the morgue not the hospital Jeez. Um, the man was just vicious but the funny thing is he was the sweetest human being in real life i got to meet the man i knew him he was on growing pains
0: yeah he was and also he saved was... by the bill of too
2: He actually played um, the father of Bobby Winnett, who was Carol's boyfriend, uh, the football quarterback for Dewey High and Growing Pains. Um, He played his dad, but he was I, I was intimidated to meet the man because of the legend, because of the stories, you know, I mean, I was young, but I still had heard the stories. And of course um, I I was, I was nervous to meet this scary guy and he was the sweetest, most down to earth man. Um, he was a wonderful guy to work with. I got to meet him and and talk with him many times over the years after he was on the show. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he, he was just, he was a gentleman. He was, uh, He was an amazing guy. He really was. And he, his persona on the field was nothing like the man. Um, So it's a big loss. It really is. My heart is very sad today uh, that such a sweet gentleman, such a kind man is gone. But man, what a legend. I mean, there, like I said, there's, there's actually a famous line from Brian's song where, the running backs are all going over film in the film room with the coach. And they're saying, you know, what do you do if this happens? What do you do if this happens? And uh, James Conn's character says, uh, well, if, if this happens, you know, the guy's blitzing, I pick up this guy. Unless it's butt kiss, then I just call the quarterback's wife and tell him he's dead. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, and it's a great
2: line, but it is, it is how people felt about Butkus. It really yeah. is. He was that dominant of a defensive player. He was Lawrence Taylor before there was Lawrence Taylor. Oh, yeah. You know, he was just this dominating middle linebacker. And at a time when you didn't see middle linebackers intercepting the ball, this man had, I think, I think it was four or six interceptions in his rookie year. And had 22 interceptions in his career, which is still up there near the top for middle linebackers. Oh, yeah. And he was just an amazing player, an amazing man, and it's a heck of a loss.
0: And uh, former President Obama went ahead and said, quote, In Chicago, Dick Butkus was football. Uh, thinking of his family today and all of all the Bears fans who loved watching one of the best to ever play the game. So, I mean, like many Chicago fans, they're all mourning the loss uh, uh, this week of of Dick Buckus. And and, you know, he's definitely somebody that will always remain synonymous with the game itself. No, that's for damn sure. And, um, you know, I mean, our if you
2: play defense, you aspire to be even half as good as Buckus was.
0: Those are true facts. And even, even in our comments, uh, JC is uh, actually saying, he said, Godspeed, Dick Butkus, uh, loved watching his guest spots on Pain, Saved by the Bell, The College Years, and on and on. A cross and legend uh, who will be dearly missed. Uh, Danny's also saying, uh, 80 years is a long life on, on another note. And that is true Especially
2: for a football player who played in that day and age, you know, the day and age where helmets were a lot thinner, where oh, yeah. the hits were a lot harder, where things were allowed that are not allowed. Now the fact that this man made it to 80 and was still, you know, coherent and had his faculties amongst him is amazing.
0: Tell me about it. Tell me about it. And our condolences go to the Butkus family and as well as to all the Chicago fans uh, that are going to miss him, even though I'm not. I hate Chicago. I'm a Packer fan, you know, (laughs) through and through to the day I die. But still, this is still a big loss for for the football community in general. Uh, In other uh, football news, NFL fantasy football. I just had to go ahead right before we uh, go off here and just say how much of a badass i am uh, i gotta go ahead and stretch a little bit here because i gotta savor this moment uh jeremy seen is awesome to the rookie um hey i'm in second place where are you where, where are you i'm sorry where are you right now
2: i'm having the nightmare uh yeah. s- scenario for a yeah. fantasy football yeah. every yeah. week every week my opponent has a player who is a no-name player who was a backup <laughs> who scores damn near 50 points.
0: You're going up against your brother this week. And I saw that <laughs> he
2: had DJ Moore put up 49.8 points on oh, I me. Saw DJ that. Moore in Chicago, a guy who hasn't topped 10 points in like two years. I saw that. I am having the nightmare fantasy football season. I am, it is a curse so far. Every single loss I've had, every single game, even the win. I've had some some guy on my opponent's team who's not supposed to do a damn thing, put up almost fifty points. It's insane.
0: Oh man, it was it, it was tough. Man, last week I had an amazing, I had a phenomenal week. I, know, I, I mean it. talk about three players that came through with a thunder. Uh, even my opponent was like, dude, yeah. I thought I was gonna lose. I personally thought I wasn't gonna like make it. I mean, the numbers, the stats, the they were all in, in my opponent's favor. And then suddenly, you know, freaking, you, you, you just had, you had all, you know, uh, oh God, I, I'm like blanking right now. I'm completely blanking right now. All my, just all my players in general just did an incredible job uh McCaffrey such a stud I mean the the touchdown after touchdown after touchdown I was just like oh my god this is insane the McCaffrey's doing this I mean Brown doing it for me you know you got Nakua Nakua is literally a freaking rock star that kid I'm so happy I picked him up he was just sitting there he was just sitting there ready to be picked up. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. Come on. Come on over to, to my team.
2: The only reason you got him is because you were higher on the waiver list than me. Yeah, I know. Nigel, I was. <laughs> I had my waiver claim in for him, and so did Nigel, but you were higher on the list. So, you know, <sighs> that is what it is.
0: But... It was a lucky, it was the luck of the draw on that one. So I was really, really happy that I went ahead and, and I got it. So, I mean, it is what it is. That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for being on the Navarro Miller Report. Again, wanted to thank uh, Ashley Paul, our our special guest co-host, for joining us here. And uh, we'll be back here next week again, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to 7. I'm going to have to deal with this guy as usual, but it's okay because we're here to entertain all of you. For the Navarro Miller Report, I'm your host, Dave Navarro, along with this pain in my rear.
2: I'm Jeremy Miller.
0: We will. I wish everybody a grand, a wonderful weekend, and we will see you all next time.
2: You have been listening
0: to the Navarro Miller Report. This episode of the Navarro Miller Report was brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network. And sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee.